Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today when booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this this place doesn't look like the pictures come on the doors are on back Whoa, uh, what the? is there a door behind all those spiders <laughs> it's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation <sighs> look at how many spiders there aren't where should we lie down for eight consecutive hours first Relax. You booked a Verbo. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis. Travis, Hi. how you doing, Hi, bud? Hi, Ben. Now, I see you eyeing... <laughs> that Papasan chair in that Wayfair catalog. I have to warn oh, you no! that that is uh, that is a risky proposition <laughs> to to buy right now. Travis, I don't want the chair. I want the child. Right. You want the Samantha <laughs> Papasan chair, but you really okay. So we're we have to we have to take a step back from Wayfair for a little bit. I know you're trying to furnish your your house, I am, but I am. there are way better options. All right. That uh, do not include uh child trafficking See, i don't want to have the child for anything nefarious i just want the child to come with my furniture so the kid can put it together and then that kid can go do whatever the hell they want they can hang out on the streets they can go to uh they could go to skid row yeah. they could go become a an la laker one day i just need help putting together furniture because it's killing me puffin has been zero assistance and jerry consistently tries to eat the screws so i am at my wits end so if you could send a working child with the furniture i'm actually fine with it is that is that service uh offered at oshkosh bagosh i've actually never been in that store and i i could only i just i guess that's what maybe that's what that store is about i don't know i don't understand how oshkosh bagosh even survived the chucky trend the the uh, uh, the child's play uh, movies. I don't get how anyone ever wore Oshkosh Bagosh again. From now on, they're haunting uh, apparel for people that will murder your entire family. I don't get how they were able to overcome that problem, but they did. I'm not an Oshkosh Bagosh guy because I'm not a farmer, and I am not going to cosplay as a farmer to seem like a cool high school By student. By the way, that's how I know that you're like a real Wisconsiner, is that you could easily say Oshkosh Bagosh. Oshkosh Bagosh. But when it comes to Trafalgar Square, you are you are completely lost on the pronunciation of that Trafalgar. Anyway, folks, we have a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. Roger Stone, he has been, his sentence has been commuted. He's on a train right out of town. He's no longer dealing with the big boys behind bars, which is kind of sad for him because you know he did have a few good nights in that jail cell with big beefy Bruce. He's gone. We knew that sentence was going to be commuted. Not the biggest news in the face 
uh, facing this country right now. Donald Trump has been defending Roger Stone since day one, since the investigation against him began, and certainly since he was convicted. Donald Trump has been protecting his boy because Roger Stone, for once in his life, did not roll over and take it in the rear when it comes to the charges against him. He stood his ground. He's a real George Zimmerman. And he took the sentence, and now uh, Donald Trump has commuted that sentence. He, he did it right. Uh, Trump commuted his sentence like three days before, right? Yes. Like uh, uh, Roger Stone was supposed to go to prison on the 14th, and uh, here we are on the 11th, he the spent, day after. He yeah. spent a few hours behind bars, and then, of course, bail and the whole, the whole nine, you know. So Roger Stone, he's still out in the streets. Uh, if you see a man working out... With that beautiful face of Richard Nixon on his back, you know you've just been in the Stone Zone. That I, that would be terrifying to see Roger Stone walking down a street, to be honest. But oh, sure, sure. You want to walk to the other side of the street. I think this, I mean, ultimately it puts a, a punctuation mark on the notion that Trump wants to put out there, which is, if you work with me and you do, don't roll over on me, uh-huh. you don't go to prison. There if you, you go. do, Michael Cohen, you do go to prison. Like there, there, This is just the way that it goes under a Trump administration. And now, of course, Michael Cohen is just living the life that all of us are living under house arrest. We, we have a lot of stuff. The Supreme Court, we have a strangely positive news story. And when, when Travis and I... Like little truffle trough, like little truffle hogs looking for something positive, we have found it. Surprisingly enough, in a conservative Supreme Court, Oklahoma, apparently half of the land in Oklahoma is three native, million acres. Three million acres is uh, given back or allowed to be um, held by Native Americans, which is absolutely incredible and a big win for the Native people of this country. So the Creek Nation, the Muscogee tribe, they have had claim on three million acres of Oklahoma. This is eastern Oklahoma, where Tulsa is actually in the center of it. Cool, cool. So the Creek Nation has had ownership, sort of jurisdiction, actually, over this land since 1866. uh, Because they were, there was a treaty in place right after the Civil War. Sure. In which... I mean, actually, the the tribes of Oklahoma did side with the Confederacy, apparently. Oh, right. But then in that in that treaty of 1866, they said, hey, uh, no hard feelings. You guys take this land. What happened between 1866 and 1906, where Oklahoma became a state, is that a bunch of white people moved into these tribal-held lands Uh-oh. and just slaughtered them and kicked them out of their own lands. A bunch of Okies from Muskogee. Now, the thing is... No act of Congress was ever made to say, like, that treaty was dissolved. Uh Uh-huh. So that 1866 treaty still holds today, even though... Uh, all these, all these, like only fifteen percent of that land is actually uh, a Creek people. Merle Haggard is going to have to add another verse to Oki from Muskogee, mentioning how it is not the white man's land; it belongs to the Native American. But let so me, that's very interesting. This is a good. This is a good positive thing because it is. It is giving back the lands to these people that honestly they kind of forgot that they had them because they they sort of let themselves be under the 
the authority of the state of sure. Oklahoma State. But the thing is, even though this is a positive story, it has a very dark beginning outside of the genocide of the 1860s and 70s. So it's darker than genocide. No, no, but it, this, like all things that, that happen in the Supreme <laughs> Court, this has a very dark little seed at the center of it, which ah. is, so this is, uh, the case is called McGirt versus Oklahoma. Ah, come on, McGirt. Uh, and the the man McGirt, Jimkey McGirt is Jim the man. Jimkey McGirt is one of my favorite names in the history of names. I would let that man fix my car. I'd let that man marry my daughter. I would let that man paint my house, and I would have that man over for barbecue. That is interesting that you would say that, because he is a child molester. Ah, damn it. Yeah. Oh, this is why you can't judge a book by its name, so folks. So, Jimkey was <laughs> charged... Um, Wait a <laughs> second. Okay, you're going to tell me <laughs> yeah. Jimkey is a child molester... Well, you could have told me that before I let him marry my daughter. Yeah. Well, yeah, before he hit you with a tire iron and took your daughter. But well, he, hopefully he finished painting my house. But he, uh, so he got picked up for child molestation in that eastern half of Oklahoma okay. by Oklahoma police, by, by the state Great. of Oklahoma. He gets to his trial and he says, uh, actually, you can't charge me on child molestation because you're the state of Oklahoma. I'm under the jurisdiction of the Creek Nation. Something, Hold on a second. Something you're that sounds me, like, a, like what a crazy person would use as a defense. You're telling me a pederast <laughs> is the reason why the Native Americans got their land back yes. in Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah. Well then, how am I supposed to know that? Jim, what's his name? Jiminy? Jimkey. Jimkey. McGirt. McGirt. Oh, <laughs> God damn. When you, when you say it like that, now I understand. Yeah. All right. I take it all back. I didn't know what he was doing. But I suppose that this is this is a very strange. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna go down that mental roller coaster of hell. Just I'm happy that the Native Americans have their land. Well, back. so he so he says actually was the man still charged with being a pedophile? He, the court, the trial is ongoing right now. the The Supreme Court has basically made this this uh, seismic decision uh-huh. that is going to affect. Uh, upwards of what you know, 1.5 million people in that side of Oklahoma. Right. So that case will continue, along with another case uh, of a native man, uh, Patrick Murphy, who did kill another native man. Uh, but again, it was on the jurisdiction of the Creek Nation and not the state of Oklahoma. Well, I'm going to say, the Creek Nation, they are going to have a lot of work to do. They're going to have to set up a a justice system that is appropriate to deal with murderers and to deal with pedophiles. But this is a fascinating way in for them to receive the land that is rightfully theirs. That aside, all of the disgusting reasons as to why this got to the Supreme Court, the overall outcome is extremely positive. And this is one of the rare victories for Native peoples and for peoples who have seen their lands robbed from them, raped uh, from them. We still have a massive issue when it comes to indigenous people going missing. We have a massive issue when it comes to the child sex rings that are happening all over the country. I watched a documentary on Ghislaine and I didn't quite realize how they would go and choose these girls uh, for Epstein and for... for, for Prince Andrew, they would choose these girls, you know, from affluent neighborhoods, but mostly from in neighborhoods oh, yeah. uh, that were struggling. They, they hit, you know? the, they hit the, the lower class neighborhoods for sure. But there's a uh, going back to the actual court case yes. itself. Uh, Gorsuch is the one who led the majority. He wrote the decision and joining him was Ginsburg, Sotomayor, Kagan and Breyer. OK, no surprises here. But Alito, Kavanaugh and uh, Roberts and Thomas were dissenting. OK. And their whole thing was. What are you guys? Ta- what are you talking about? 
This is Oklahoma. Like, uh, there's no Ind- there's no Native Americans left here. Uh, we killed them all. Sure. So, <laughs> so what does it matter? It's like going into somebody's house, murdering the entire family, yeah. and being like, "What the heck? Nobody lives here." Well, and a lot of people think that's the road to home ownership. And exactly. And so, but <laughs> God knows us as a nation did exactly that. So basically, a lot, a lot of people are looking at this and going, like, "Oh, Gorsuch is like cool about Native Americans." No, he's just a textualist. So what he did, right. he said, but that's but that's the point. That's the whole that's, point. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what we want on the Supreme Court, not necessarily Neil Gorsuch. Although I think Gorsuch has proven himself to be in line with what he said he was going to be yeah. not an activist judge obviously he's voted against donald trump a series of times yeah. now and as a matter of fact donald trump also got hit i'm assuming that trump doesn't love this decision with the supreme court uh, he also got hit when it comes to having to disclose or potentially having to disclose his taxes now and his uh, and his financial records this won't ama- this will not matter in this election cycle no. but if he were to get reelected and we have some polling data uh, coming up in key swing states a little bit later on in this episode if he were to be reelected then that decision would really have some ramifications on his presidency but, and his career as a politician yeah and that honestly that financial records case is like the season finale of the Supreme Court they it were, really we, is. we we didn't really know which way it was it was gonna go but they to actually be fair, the Supreme Court has been busy as hell yeah, this on, cycle well, they've they're they're finishing up their homework right before it's due like right. it's like the end of their their whole session thing That's but how you uh, do Gorsuch it. you know going back to Gorsuch he said that look we made an, we made a treaty in 1866. And Congress did not dissolve that treaty. There may be only, you know, so many Native Americans under the in the Creek tribe now remaining there. But that treaty was never dissolved. You can't. He basically said you can't genocide a bunch of people that you lied to and then like Mm -hmm. wrote a treaty. And then once you kill them enough that you're just like, all right, can we just like move past this and keep it uh, keep it a state now? And actually, in fact, in uh, it's very interesting. So Oklahoma was made a state in 1906. uh, But in 1905, the Creek Nation tried to create their own state called sequoia they were ignored outright and then they made oklahoma and then they were just like by the way uh these people don't exist anymore isn't that interesting when a state does the vince vaughn earmuffs move (laughs) when they're just like la 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 earmuffs don't hear you don't hear you uh, and wouldn't you believe it? A year later, we are going to do but the I was, exact uh, thing. We refused you. But I was reading the uh, the court transcript. Yeah. Of their, they're they're going back with back and forth with the uh, attorney that's on McGirt's side. Okay. Uh, now is this guy a pedophile too, or can he marry just, my daughter? As far as I understand, he is good to go marriage wise. But All right. um, also, my daughter will decide who she married. So okay. Like, so like uh, you're not gonna uh, you're not gonna ask for a dowry or anything like that. No, I don't think so. But Alito and Kavanaugh they were like going back and forth with this attorney, and they're basically their questions were like, so does this mean if we were to give the Creek Nation their sovereignty over this part of land, does that mean that all the white people are slaves to the Creek Nation? Now? Well, you're not gonna get a lot of work they done. Ba- they were basically asking like, wait, does that mean that we are like under their rule now in that part of the state? And he's in the the attorney was just like, no, it just means that. When it comes to tribal specific cases, like a lot of Native American women are victims, and we talk, you guys talk about it all the time in the yep. last podcast, they're, they're considered the less dead. Yep. Those cases will be given a special interest by uh, tribal authorities that, mm. are, that would have to obviously be made now in light of this new decision. Okay. But great. Uh, I mean, it really does help out people that were really left to their left without any actual connection to the to the state authorities right these people right. that are often 
their whole communities are forgotten on the you know these reservations. All right, Jim Key, you did one good Jim thing. Jim Key, you did one good thing. Please, that is, God. But isn't that such a hail mary thing to say? Like, actually, you have no jurisdiction over me, the child molester. You have to go to a higher power. It does seem quite Randy Quaid. I do like that this person. He seems like he does a lot of ranting on Instagram, a lot of ranting on YouTube. <laughs> I appreciate the effort. I can't believe he got this case to the Supreme Court. And it is very strange that the outcome is positive when it begins this would, with a person getting arrested for pedophilia. I, you don't you, man, see that coming all like, the time. We're like walking through a weird portal in American history because where did this come from? Like nobody right. was going to bring this up except for a child molester named Jim key. <laughs> this is insane. And you know, only, like, only in America, th- this is going to, this is a precedent now, yeah. you know, like th- people can bring yeah, these cases absolutely. to the Supreme court, the black Hills where the Mount, where Mount Rushmore is located, of course, South Dakota. that does not belong to the U S. So there is going to be some kind of Supreme court case. I want to see that whole mountain. I want to add, you can do whatever you want. I think it's personally, I like art. I don't like to see the destruction of art. And that, that is good art. They didn't finish it. But I want to see additions to it. You really think it. the Mount Rushmore is good art? It is good. Did you, have you ever seen the documentary it, how they made it? It has like N64 graphics. Well, whatever, Travis. It was a different time. No, I, the documentary. I need a PS5 level oh, like well, Mount PS5 Rushmore. Well, PS5 isn't even out yet, okay? And Not no, to you, maybe. The, uh, you don't have it. I know you don't have it. Um no, I watched the documentary how they made it. It's very good. It's it's like really well done. It Are was like people about what- died. I'm saying people died doing it. So I just want to add to it, and I don't even care. You could even add like guns to the to the um, Abraham Lincoln or George Washington. I mean Abraham Lincoln suffered enough, but Teddy Roosevelt. If you want to put a gun to their head, I don't care. Sculpt whatever you want out of Mount Rushmore. But I'm saying just finish the damn job. Shouldn't technically you have a gun behind Abraham Lincoln's I head? I don't know. This is why I don't go to the theater. And if I do go to the theater, I have to sit in the very back with my head against a wall. Yes. So that nobody can sneak up against me, and also because I'm so big, I don't want to get yelled at. But so that just, is a Supreme. I just court. thought that was so fascinating. I that think that is Travis. No, thank you so much for shedding light on that. Uh, do you? You said you had some quotes from the Supreme Court. Do you want to read any of those right now? Oh, or? they're all, they're all, well. It's just not quotes because you have, they're not boiled down like that. But Kavanaugh basically his point. Okay. Making a his case against he doesn't want uh, uh, the Creek Nation to have sovereignty. But he is on the side of Jim Key, which is interesting. He does, and this is a joke, obviously, uh, but he is like, let the pedophile go free, but make sure the whites keep Oklahoma. Right, yes. But, well, he wants Oklahoma to give this guy the death sentence. So, in a ah. way, in a way, it's a little gray, but okay. ultimately, it's a greater good <laughs> is coming out of this. Um, unfortunately, a child had to be molested in order for it to be to happen. But Kavanaugh, is, makes, the, makes, Kavanaugh makes the point that he's like, uh, um, you know, actually, uh, there's like... I don't even think Native Americans are real anymore. Like, I, you, what, what, right. they're like cryptids or like energy. <laughs> like, yeah. he says, like, why would we be giving power to any, to these people that aren't even like, uh, threatening, you know, like they don't have any potency anymore. No, I mean, he's making the argument that you were talking about where it's like, well, you killed all of them. So does the treaty stand? Then it's like, it does. As long as the treaty stands it stands and it seems like it was never as was mentioned and then congress never done away with it so well, it stands Ka- kavanaugh says also like oh at the at 1906 when oklahoma uh, when oklahoma was made a state there was even uh, not even that many native americans at that time but then uh the attorney says like shut up 
because there's 600,000 people in North Dakota. That's not enough for a state. Well, the attorney's point that was defending Jim Key was like, uh, if that's your logic, Tennessee, when it was made a state, only had 25% white people in it. So, like, are we are white people now like not considered? Right. Like, is Tennessee a Native American state based on your logic of? There weren't that many Native Americans in Oklahoma because we slaughtered all of them. Technically, they most of them are Native American states. And at this point, I could go for some new leadership and just see how they do. I would like to get back to the earth. That would be nice. And, you know, one of the interesting concepts when it comes to these treaties, like the concept of land ownership in the sense that the, the Western world brought to it or the yeah. sense that, you know, the uh, the Europeans brought to America, people were like, what do you mean? Like... You don't just get to write down that you own this land. Like, the notion itself is really crazy when you yeah. think about it. That, like, we own this part. This is human-owned. It's like, it's land, man. Like, this is... And it would be nice if we actually had a little bit more of an infusion of Native American philosophy well, yeah. when it comes to just our concept of Earth and our concept of land and our concept of, you know, sort of oneness. I think it, that we could go for a little bit more of that as this. Um, I'm an individualist in my own right, some in many ways, but I also believe that we are a collective. Yeah. There's a reason the collective unconscious exists. We need to kind of get back to being a society that honors the idea that we're all in this thing together. And as we're seeing when it comes to reactions to COVID and these kinds of things, uh, that idea is hard to um, to impress on people if you really want to have fun. And this kind of goes on all sides. There's like two different extremes working with COVID. But if you want to go into a fun rant or if you want to go into a fun rant hole, check out people who refuse to wear their masks at like a Goodyear auto yep. tire place. <laughs> they really freak out. And then you can also check out people screaming at people not wearing a mask while they're isolated alone in the middle of nowhere. And they approach them. Oh, like starts- me this morning. <laughs> I was sitting on a bench. People have no idea what they're doing. I was sitting on a bench with my mask down because I was taking a sip of coffee. And this woman came up and screamed, uh, people are dying. And And you're like, like, I'm alone and no one's around me. That is so true. I'm going to. Yeah, absolutely. And then she left, did an errand. I was still sitting there when she came back. And she let me know again. People are dying. People you are dying. Fuck. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. We're also going to talk about the Karen Act. Speaking of the devil, the C A R E N Act. It was proposed, I believe, in San Francisco. It really is just a publicity stunt. But I want to talk about this from the concept of social media, and then how it leads to legislation. Would this legislation actually be good, or once again, is the road to hell paved with good intentions? But before we get to that. Let's talk about this story coming out of Fox News. No, this is not a Fox News created story. This is a story about Fox News, specifically one of their favorite talking heads. The one and only former bow tie wearing King of Whites, Tucker Carlson. He had a head writer named Blake Neff. Now, for those wondering what a head writer does on television news, this is why it's performative. This is why it should never be trusted as an actual source of information. Uh, As someone who has worked uh, producing television news, there is full scripts that are written by a series of people. Usually each show has about five writers. And of course, these writers have uh, an angle from the top down that they know they're supposed to approach stories uh, with or from. 
And Tucker Carlson, his head writer, a dude named Blake Neff, who looks exactly like you would imagine a Blake Neff. He's holding on to as much hair as possible. He's got a comb over attempting to encroach on his forehead somehow. He looks like Boss Baby. Looks a bit like Boss Baby. He's definitely a diaper boy. He has been fired from being head writer for Tucker Carlson. Now, you wonder what could you possibly do to be fired from being a head writer for Tucker Carlson after Tucker Carlson has regurgitated so many of the words that you have written that have been absolutely ludicrous. Well, it turns out if you create a secret identity on Reddit and you actively use the N-word and you say quotes such as this... This is according to, this is Blake Neff using his pseudonym uh, on a Reddit post. Uh, he said, would you let a jet black Congo N-word do LASIK eye surgery on you for 50% off? Neff wrote, I wouldn't get LASIK from an Asian for free. So no, he didn't even get stereotypes correct. It was absolutely ludicrous. There's a series of different posts from this man that completely show him to be as far right wing as you can get the man is a complete bigot a complete racist the n-word rolls off his tongue with such finesse it's as if he is doing a layup it is unbelievable that this person was working at fox news for so long maybe not unbelievable he's working at fox news but it is unbelievable that we have been as a society when we talk about the masters behind, you know, the people behind the information that we're receiving, this fat diaper boy was one of the people that was greatly influencing yeah. millions of people's of minds, millions of people's minds, because he was writing, most likely being head writer, the opening monologue for Tucker Carlson, which can be about a seven to eight minute rant. This man was behind some of the most atrocious ideas that Tucker Carlson was put putting forth regarding Black Lives Matter, regarding immigration, um, regarding U.S. isolationism, regarding the U.S. evacuating its power worldwide. This man was behind those words. Tucker Carlson being an actor, being, I'm not saying he doesn't believe those things, obviously he's willing to say those things, but being a vessel for this toad person is another reminder that what you see on television news fully scripted and fully designed in this case to divide along racial and economic lines so this dude he is no longer at fox news which again the fact that he got fired when they actively have people like todd starnes this man is a huge bigot they have someone like robert jeffers the fake pastor who made millions and millions of dollars off the ppe they have people that they will espouse their their rhetoric all over the network they don't get in any trouble so the fact that this dude got fired means that he is the crim of the crim of the worst of the worst and blake neff you are hopefully forever unemployed when it comes to media uh travis also (laughs) discovered blake neff was looking for love yeah so do, do you remember like this is right after the election but there were a bunch of articles on staffers in washington dc who were not staffers trump staffers who were not 
able to get dates for the life of them. Oh no, they can't find love. They were all, yeah, they were it's all. It's almost like when you have videos of kids in cages, deportation of college students, deportations of families. It's not a great look it for doesn't you. Doesn't make people DTF to for the to show the kids in cages. I'm except I mean, uh, I, you'd have to be a real Jim Key uh, McGrit to to be interested in that. Well, that's only uh, that's on his BDSM Thursdays. I don't want to talk about Jim Key anymore. It's really <laughs> devastating to me. Yeah, um, but when it comes to staffers not being able to find love, I'm assuming most of the staffers that can't find love are men because yeah. women have a bit of a higher standard. I think if you're a, a woman that worked for Trump, there was probably a bunch of dudes yeah. who were just like, all I do is raw dog. Right. That's all I do 100% of the time, 1000% of the time, I'm happy. So I'm assuming it was mostly men. So Blake... He was lonely, and right. maybe that's why he has so much hatred in his heart. So the Washington Post at the time had a blog entry called Date Lab, where they just Ooh. sort of like, they popped one of these uh, bacteria into a Petri dish and <laughs> poked and prodded at it. Nothing says romance like a lab. And one of these entries featured uh, a Blake Neff, who was a, a self-proclaimed proud Trump voter, and writer at an unnamed cable news station. What could it be? One America News or Fox I, I News? I don't know. I really don't know. He told Date Lab that he would not necessarily oppose Washington's destruction by a nuclear fireball, and he likes virtuous women who value their families over career goals. But you know what's so weird about that? And this is why you always have to find common ground. If Washington did get destroyed by a nuclear fireball, I don't know. It's okay. Uh, yeah, so... It's kind of fun. Well, he did also say, even if he was in it. Even if he was in Washington, D.C. Oh, so now a, it's even better. So he's a little bit selfless in that Seems way. Seems like he's suicidal. Um, but so the Date Lab writer said uh, that Neff required a bit more care than others when being matched because he can come across as a wee bit defensive. He hates the city <laughs> he lives in and the things people do in it, uh, such as using dating apps and bragging about their quote-unquote BS master's degrees. Okay, hold on a second. So he is against dating apps, but he's willing to do a Date he's Lab. A Date Lab himself, yes, in front right. of uh, millions of people. But uh, right, when, so when, he's like he he's willing to find love in the same way that we try to find the cure for measles. Exactly. He's willing to make himself a little test squirrel just to find a nut. So uh, then, when Date Lab asked about his interests, Neff replied that most of my hobbies allow me to escape women. Uh, Wait, so, what? Yeah. Allow him to escape women? Is he being hounded like Justin Bieber? What is going Allow him to escape women. That's a hell of a way of saying so, no woman wants to talk to me. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time listeners can get rosetta stone's lifetime membership for 50 percent off that's 50 percent off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life redeem your 50 percent off at rosettastone.com today so the washington post sets him up with this woman named Mackenzie smith who uh, calls herself a traditional conservative and okay. diehard southerner who likes frat boy types <sighs> uh she said she was fascinated by neff's conspicuous brandishing of a book on Catherine the Great at their date. Okay, wait. So, so he this is the guy on... who brings like uh, infinite jest to a fucking date. But you know he's not reading the book. No, absolutely not. So you just keep the book on you. Isn't that that is worse than bringing a roofie? So when Neff uh, shows up to the date, that's he, a joke, by the way. He, he squandered any benefit of the doubt Smith gave him when he continued opening his mouth. When faced with her blonde hair, 
he told her he preferred brunettes. Wait a second. So the first thing he did was judge her hair color? Yes. And then when uh, when he walked in to find her sipping a drink at the bar, he informed her that alcohol is poison. Dude, he's the head writer for Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson fell asleep on Fox and Friends because he was so loaded. Tucker Carlson gets hammered every freaking night. What is going yeah, on with this guy? Didn't you tell, tell us a story about... Tucker. About his pull when he got pulled over, and he was like, "The cop agreed with his politics, yeah, so he, yeah. he was allowed to go." Thankfully, he didn't kill anyone on the street. Uh, so they, uh, they, they, they did not go on a second date. Oh my um, goodness! So this is according to uh, this is according to Suzanne Scott. She is the Fox News CEO. This is what she had to say, and of course, this is also coming from President Jay Wallace. They condemned Blake Neff. They condemned his, quote, horrific, racist, misogynistic, and homophobic behavior. They go on to say, Neff's abhorrent conduct on this forum was never divulged to the show or the network until Friday, at which point we swiftly accepted his resignation. They continue, make no mistake, actions such as this cannot and will not be tolerated at any time in any part of our workforce again this is the same fox news that brings you sean hannity every night calling black lives matter a terror group watching them try to uh disassemble a movement of police reform watching them completely whitewash the systemic problems in our culture when it comes to policing, when it comes to prisons, when it comes to our foster care system, watching them just completely whitewash everything, whitewash our history. The fact that the heads of Fox News say this, you know they're just pissed because he got caught. Absolutely. They're just like, dude, come on. We all know this, but you got to keep it private. You can't get busted. Our hands are tied here, Blake Neff. And if you do anything wrong again, we will we'll do something worse than fire you. We'll make you work with Judge Janine Pirro. <laughs> Judge Janine Pirro, by the way, when uh, when Red Eye got shut down, I, I talked to a couple of my friends who worked there, and they had a choice to either take a three-month severance or go work with Judge Janine Pirro. And all of them just took the severance, and you know, hopefully they have found work ever since. She is the single craziest human being in the history of human beings. If you want to Google page, I believe it's page 11, Judge Jeanine Pirro, she was running for Senate against Hillary Clinton, and she was giving a speech. She lost one of her pages, and mid-speech, she had no clue where she was going with the speech. She was just, as I talked about how these people are performative, how they're actors. If you've ever watched a clip of a teleprompter break down in the middle of a newscaster's yeah. sentence, you can just see the dim bulbs behind their eyes and realize just how stupid these people all are because they are just, they know how to read and speak, which is a skill. Yeah. But it does not make you intelligent. Uh, it God, makes you I, an actor. But Judge Janine Pirro, when she lost her page <laughs> during the speech where she was talking about how she's going to defeat Hillary Clinton for the Senate, 
is one of the funniest damn things you'll ever see. You can see the fire. She was like a character out of the Fantastic Four. Her flames were coming out of her freaking palms, out of her eyeballs, out of her head. She was about to murder a staffer. Some intern got a bottle of Sauvignon Blanc cracked open on their head. She went full Ghislaine Maxwell. She fucking freaked out. She's like, why am I here? What's going on? And it is one of the funniest damn things of all time. So just don't forget that. When it comes to television news, certain times you can find pieces of data, but it's all editorialized nonsense, and it's oftentimes written by people like Blake Neff. So it is a uh, good thing that he is gone it's so from crazy the network, but it's they... also like he was there for very formative, very vital times in this country. It's amazing how much power a toad like that has, uh, uh, that he could... He just writes anything that and Tucker will just spout it for him. He just spouts it for him. One Absolutely. Of the most, I mean, unfortunately, one of the most trusted newsmen uh, for a large portion of the country. It is. So this is as recent as June 5th. This is something that Blake Neff wrote again. Head writer for the number one show on cable news. Yeah. Uh, across the board, MSNBC, CNN, you name it. This is a huge, huge show. He says on June 5th, he says, Black dudes, spelled D-O-O-D-S, because he's cool. Black dudes staying inside playing Call of Duty is probably one of the biggest factors keeping crime down. On June 24th, Neff commented, Honestly, given how tired black people always claim to be, maybe the real crisis is their lack of sleep. On June 26, Neff wrote that the only people who care about changing the name of the NFL's Washington Redskins are, quote, white libs and their university-educated pets. When it comes to the Washington Redskins name, by the way, I want to call them the Warhogs, because if they're called the Warhogs, mm-hmm. I'm going to buy the shirt. And I love that name, and that's what I hope they change it to, and they definitely will be changing the name of the Redskins, uh, and rightfully so. I mean, I don't care. I don't care about the freaking name. I care about watching football. I just hope they um, don't change, change it. I hope they don't change it to the Jimkey McGritz. <laughs> I really hope they don't go in that direction. I hope not as well. So Blake Neff out of Fox News, but just another reminder to please uh put your skeptics cap on. Wear your skeptic cap when watching television news. This goes across the board. Um these people are actors, they're not they're not real. Uh, journalists and uh, oftentimes their editorializing is lie by omission and that's on a positive like the most positive thing I can say about MSNBC Fox News or CNN is that they lie by omission in that they don't tell the whole story they just tell you parts of it and I'm not I'm not equating all three of those networks in amount uh, to the degree of uh, how dangerous they are for society but I am just saying that those networks are corporate-run, corporate-led, led, made, created in many ways to divide, and the way that they create their market is by definition to lie by omission, and that's how they can brand themselves as left or right. Have you have you uh, paid any attention to this One American News Network? Oh, I was on One American News Were Network. You really? Yeah, I did not realize how crazy it was. So I was on there defending. Um, I believe what was I defending? Oh yes, I was defending immigrants. I was defending uh, DACA. And so I went on there, and I think the woman thought I was going to be conservative because I just ended up destroying her, <laughs> and it was wonderful. She was so taken aback because she started with, like, immigrants, huh, taking jobs, right? And then I just, you know, obviously broke down 
Again, the statistics on all of that, which is proven that it's not the case. As a matter of fact, immigrants are taking jobs uh, that most Americans do not want, refuse to do, and they are also paying taxes and greatly contributing to the United States economy. And uh, that experience was one of those where I called my publicist at the time. I had a publicist and it was a total waste of money. Um, but I called my publicist and I was like, One American News is like not normal. They're psycho. So I oh, never yeah. want to enter that building again. And I don't think they ever wanted me back because I have a hard time holding my tongue when someone is so unbelievably stupid as that woman was. <laughs> uh, I mean, just if you just take a, I mean, they're the they're the ones at Donald uh, Trump Trump's re- press conferences that are, that are get, as, get like treated with such like special little pets from if, Trump himself. If Fox News is too liberal for you, exactly, then you go to yeah. One American News. One American News, it's not popular in a national sense, but it is extremely popular when it comes to their hardcore fan base. These people are straight. You think Fox News is state-run television. One American News is just the brain of Trump. It is Sean Hannity, if Sean Hannity had zero um, Producers account- or, yeah, like, well, zero accountability yeah, 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 yeah. to uh, to financiers, if he had zero accountability advertisers to and, advertisers yeah. and sponsors, One American News is it. It's very scary. I mean, just taking a look at it, it really does seem like a TV network made up of all of the Facebook videos that your like racist uncle passes around. Well, the model is this fat, dumpy dudes write scripts for hot checks. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And that's the Fox News model as well. Um, And I mean, hey, you show me one. Every person on television tends to be a little bit more attractive than the norm. That's how that works. Yeah. Um, but One American News specifically is hot chicks, boobies, um, and written by toads. Yes. That is the <laughs> that is the right wing perfect algorithm when it comes to media. There, I'm just looking at there's so many like pro Trump. And I things. guarantee you, Blake Neff, watch watch Blake, Blake, Blake Neff get a job yes, at uh, One American News. Watch that happen. Apparently, in uh, like I mean, there's so many things on this on. OANN's Wikipedia page, but they they just ran a, a segment uh, in 2018 where they were like, uh, starting today, California will ban the sale of Bibles. <laughs> oh my God! Whoa, really? I missed that. I missed that. They, that's just the kind of stuff they're just like. By the way, uh, California has banned Christianity. Um, yeah. Please riot accordingly. Uh, this, yeah, this it's so fascinating because I mean this this will be the uh, this will be the state if Trump. If Trump gets elected in November, this is like the official state-run media. I agree. I agree. And for those that say scoff at Travis saying if Trump gets elected, do not scoff. I'm on. I I get in my rabbit holes, and I was just on right wing Instagram, which is just you know you follow one right winger and then you just go down. It it's unbelievable it's a parallel universe it is a place and where people are so convinced in their conviction that donald trump is the one who is saving this nation despite the fact we're pulling out of the who um, despite the fact that we have a, a complete and utter eradication of unions going across the country and i want to clarify when it comes to unions I am pro certain unions. I am not pro other unions. I am pro teachers union. Right. But I do want to point this out when it comes to the teachers union. One thing that I would change if I could, I would do away with the way that they have their pay scale. They only do pay by, uh, 
years served. Mm. And I don't think that that's appropriate. Same thing with universities when it comes to tenure. Oftentimes you have a new teacher who is like super inspired and really wants to teach the kids and they get beaten down because they're making 45K a year. Meanwhile, you know, the uh, the teacher who sleeps halfway through class and just gives their, their kids bullshit assignments, they're making 150 because they've been there for 30 years. I think that needs to be changed. I do think it should be on outcome of students' performance. Yeah. That's how you should grade teachers and outcome of how they motivate, outcome of how good they are at teaching. So I think that should change. But we have a situation where this country is there are so many issues facing this nation right now and the main thing that is motivating people to vote you know again criminal justice you, i mean we can go down the board economic disparity you, we can go job loss unemployment there are so many things facing this country not to mention a pandemic but the thing that right-wingers are still focused on and this is what donald trump believes to be a winning argument is the culture war is the symbolism of our past, is the idea that whites are losing the country, this notion that people are trying to take away Southern history, all of that is where they're hanging their heads, yep. where they're hanging their hats, rather, and where they're, where they're keeping their head held high when it comes to the support to, for Donald Trump. So it is in no way in no way a guarantee that Joe Biden wins this election. Absolutely not. Now, I will say I think that the one thing that Biden has over Hillary Clinton is that Republicans will vote for him. Yes. And I think that's the play that the Democrats are going with right now, which is why we saw the Warrens, the Sanders, um, you know, the more progressive wing of the Democratic Party be silenced. They're going for that center piece of the pie and that center right and center maybe slightly even more right will go Biden. The people that refused to go to Hillary, the people that held their nose and went to Trump. Those people will be going to Biden because Biden is not nearly, nearly as hated as Hillary or as Trump. And I think that's what the play is. But when it comes to Trump, you cannot like that rally that he had in AZ. It was a beautiful thing. But I don't know if that's indicative of how his crowds really would be. I think the K-pop fans, the K-pop stands, like the fact that we're in a pandemic, all of those things played into the fact that it was an epic failure. But I don't think that's an indicator that his momentum is is uh, slowing. I, I, the culture war is what he thinks is winning. I personally find it to be absolutely incredibly insane that our president retweeted a white man in a golf cart screaming white power. I think that's insane. No, but there I, are I, large swaths of the population that don't seem to think so. I mean, at this point, we are playing like battleship. Like we don't yes. know what the as you know as far as polls can tell us, that's fine. I, it, I have no idea. We live in such it's, we live in such media bubbles that I really don't know. It's I it's really know. interesting. And when it comes to media, Donald Trump's dissing on specifically television news because that's the kind of media that he consumes. That works. People don't like TV news no. because it is it's full of bullshit. It's full of BS. Now, just because you might have a mutual disdain for something doesn't mean that that person has the disdain for the right reasons right that he doesn't like television news because it's mean to him he would love television news as all if all it did was praise him it's the same thing happening right now with ann coulter ann coulter is getting all this praise because she's supporting this uh, amy mcgrath gal who wants to challenge mitch mcconnell amy mcgrath is a white supremacist and if i see <laughs> one more person on twitter being like oh, i can't believe it world's crazy i'm agreeing with ann coulter you are 
are a dotard. You are an old, out of touch Amy, maniac. Amy and culture will never like just because she doesn't like something that you don't like does not mean she doesn't like it for the reason that you don't like it. It is probably because that thing isn't evil enough. Amy McGrath herself, the the platform she is running on is I am gonna be a better servant to Trump than Mitch McConnell yes. even. And so when I see that kind of binary thinking and that just kind of total lack of political insight, I get extremely scared. When I see people who are like, hell must have frozen over. I hate Trump and Ann Coulter hates Trump. So I guess I agree with Ann Coulter. It's like, no, you freaking moron. Well, your, she doesn't like him because he's not conservative enough and he's not mean enough to immigrants. To your point about. And he's plenty mean to immigrants. To your point about like Biden being more palatable to Republicans. There is something, you know, you're not on Twitter as much anymore, but the the Lincoln Project. I don't know if you've seen the, of course, the Lincoln Project. These are Republicans. Yes. So these are uh, anti-Trump Republicans that have amassed like a big, I don't know, treasure chest of money to start uh, funding a bunch of uh, of uh, promos yep. that are really slick, powerful and, uh, promos, well produced yeah. uh, promos that that are anti-Trump, and they are being embraced heavily by all of the you know your resistance type people <laughs> yes. i mean the, it really does show like oh this is just a coagulation of of uh centrist republicans and what the democratic party actually is which Absolutely. is like a, a center-right organization and then <laughs> yeah there is there is no progressive well, as as the chessboard has sort of switched now the chessboard it's like you got the, you got the black pieces and the white pieces, they're, and they're interspersed with each other, right? Because Donald Trump threw the Republican platform through a blender, like right. being anti-interventionalist, being anti-free uh, trade, you know, being anti-certain Republican principles that have been set in stone for generations really set a lot of people who, you know, as I pointed out when Trump first won, there were a lot of Obama-Trump districts. There just were. Uh, he was the change candidate. He was talking about, you know, being anti-war. He destroyed the Republican Party. So he sort of reshuffled the deck a little bit. And now the Democrats are trying to coalesce this coalition, as, as Travis was alluding to, that are a little bit more globalist, more free trade, more, you know, getting back into WHO, getting, you know, back into our alliances, obviously, uh, you know, recreating NATO and getting back into our Western allyships. So it is an interesting situation where you will have Reagan Republicans voting for Biden and they'll probably go Republican down the down the ballot, but they are still going to end up voting for Biden because that's just the way that the political deck has been has been altered because of the strange, uh, unanchored political ideas of Donald Trump. Yeah, you look, you take a look at Trump, and you if you're but that was that was his appeal, you know. Yeah, if you're but if you're just like a a casual everyday Republican and you see Trump and you see Biden, you're like, oh, Biden is the the type of Republican that I. He's a more traditional this Republican. Is what, this is a traditional Republican. To this me. is a ninety. This is a ninety-two Bill Clinton Democrat. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he. Um, my only hope is that he makes amends for the political sins of his past, the political, uh, the, the the sins of his past policies. That is my hope for Biden. Uh, you know, I'm so sick. I, I do go on Twitter every now and again, and I immediately had to get off because I found uh, Grace from Will and Grace. What's her name? Deborah Messing. Deborah Messing. Uh, she was messing around mm -hmm. on Twitter. She got into a fight with Nina Turner, of course, Nina Turner being the Bernie surrogate, 
And I'm like, why are you two fighting on Twitter publicly? A part of the thing that annoys me the most, and this is why I get some message where it's like, how does the left eat itself? It's like, well, this is how. Yeah. The right, if you notice, the right doesn't really fight with themselves. They only fight, They their only concern is owning the libs. Yeah. And the left is like, but how do we become better? And that, which is great. I love that idea. But why is Deborah Messing? Fighting with Nina Turner the on Twitter. The left has like what is going? Do you the Schadenfreude yeah. that that provides the right is so insurmountable, and then what it does to people who are on the left, it just makes them want to stay home. And if you stay home, hey man, lower voter turnout tends to help the right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it all the the left discourse on Twitter, which I do not participate in, but it's you like can't, I, I can't. You just watch it happen, and yeah, you're right. You don't see the right bickering amongst themselves they're just like having fun taking pitchforks to everyone on the left they love it and then on the left you have people that should be more allies and then they like have it's like a reminiscent of a pta meeting fight between parents and it's like wait aren't we all here for the children like stop fighting amongst yourself like there is like a bigger goal here uh it's just incredible yeah and then the deborah messing thing is so indicative of like so the the splintering effect of like being progressive like Nina Turner and then I guess I, I actually don't know what this fight Still, was about. But Deborah Messing was a like pro Biden was, kind of type of thing. It was about uh oh my God. You know what? I can't even regurgitate what it was about. I, I Nina Turner said something about Biden it. and then Deborah's like, You gotta vote for Biden and then Nina Turner yelled at Deborah Messing right. and then Deborah Messing yelled at Nina Turner and then it was really catty and and then everyone started calling Deborah Messing a Karen and that a Karen and then and then some people liked Deborah Messing and then some people liked Nina Turner and then I shot myself in the head and but I turned off you, my phone right afterwards but because like, I the crux of that argument without even having known what the argument was is uh, I really hope Biden leans more progressive and is like That's a better it. progressive president and then Deborah is saying like stop criticizing Biden like and then I'm, Nina I'm just, Turner and then and then Deborah Messing called Nina Turner like she called she called oh that's what it was about it was about Kanye and then she called Kanye Jill Stein and then she said Kanye is taking the black vote and then Nina Turner is like uh not all blacks are going to vote for Kanye because he's black okay and then Deborah Messing was like yeah but you you're you're like you're supporting Kanye or something like that and like <laughs> okay. you probably support Trump like and then it was like <laughs> Great. anyway well yeah, speaking that sounds of, like a really cool conversation speaking of Karen's I want to talk about this obviously this isn't really going to go anywhere but there is a San Francisco proposal it was introduced on Tuesday at a San San Francisco Board of Supervisors meeting, how exciting, <laughs> by Supervisor Shaman Walton. It is called the Karen Act, Caution Against Racially Exploitative Non-Emergencies. Of course, this is a play on the social media term Karen, which I have to say, if you do want to have fun, again, the Karen hole is a good time. It, it's getting a little bit extreme as well, but at the same time, I think it's good to point out when people are batshit insane. The Karen, what is it, Karen and Kevin's, I think, something like that. It reminds me a little bit of the Stacey and Chad. Sure. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But this whole thing was basically um, about using 911 as a tool for your prejudice towards marginalized communities. Um, and how that is unjust and wrong. It talks about how it should be illegal to fabricate false racially biased emergency reports. Of course, uh, filing a false report is already illegal, as we saw with uh, with the woman in Central Park. She was going to be charged. The man, the bird watcher himself, is a true saint and is like, yo, I don't want her to be charged. She's been through enough. That is what 
getting police out of our daily lives looks like. I applaud that man. She has been docked. She has been fired. She's been going through the ringer. She's been punished a hell of a lot more than the justice system can punish her. She was never going to do time. It was just going to be a fine. I thought that that was actually uh, that was a man who really took it to heart when we talk about uh, not using the police, not doing what she did. He says, you know what, cops, we got this as a society. We're handling this. Yeah, I we think don't he need probably you. more than most understands the uh, the abuse, the the damage that cops can cause in exactly. a situation like that. So. so when it comes to this, I'm a little bit conflicted because I believe that this can be misused as well. Right. And so legislation is usually not the best way to create social change. I mean, you look at the 1964-65 Civil Rights Acts, right? That That's great. But what are we still dealing with here? Yeah. Did it work? Is it like, is it a magical, like, with the pen, it changes human behavior? It doesn't work like that. Societal change has to come from within communities. It's not going to come from a top-down approach where it's like, we created the Karen Act. I also think this is a publicity stunt. It totally is. Because um, it's not really going to go anywhere. legislate someone's heart, essentially. <laughs> right. And so that's... It, it, so it kind of bothers me a little bit that Twitter has now created this thing, and, and rightfully so. But the point of Twitter, I don't believe, is necessarily to create legislation. I think it's to create a world that we want to live in theoretically that punishes from within. Yeah. And I don't believe that legislation is the best way to get out of this. And so that's kind of what I'm conflicted about. I got a lot of messages being like, "Lol, look at this. But at the same time, what if someone really is in danger and now they don't have the or they have they, they pause on calling the police or if they actually do witness uh, domestic violence and it happens to be a black uh, couple. And I say this because when I was living in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, there was a white uh, neighbor that I had. She was on the third floor. She's an improviser. And oh, no. she said to me, we were talking and she was like, my roommate said that I was wrong when um, there was a there was a couple. They, they were a black couple on our on the third floor. And uh, at the time, the the they were fighting and it was very bad. And the cops were called multiple times. And she said, oh, I didn't call the police because I didn't want to seem racist. I didn't want to call the cop. I and mean, I said, that is negative. Like, that's bad. Like this woman, she needed help. And um, and then she said, I told my roommate that I didn't call the police because I didn't want to call the cops on a black couple. And I was like, yeah. I, and she said that was crazy. Her, her roommate was uh, Hispanic. And I was like, yeah, because you also don't want to like you also need to protect people. Yeah. And in this case, this woman, it was a bad relationship. That man, thankfully, moved moved out and uh, and, and things got a lot better. But it was a bad relationship, and that woman needed to be protected. Yeah. And because you had this roundabout worldview of, like, what's racist and what's not, and you just were blinded by this very strange view of whiteness and, like, how you should react, you didn't treat them the same way that you would have treated a white couple. Yeah. And that's what I asked her. I said, if, you, if they were a white couple, do you think they would that you would have called the police and she was like yeah it wouldn't have the same like she was conflicted by it but i'm like no you we also need to treat people equally and if a black woman is getting abused i don't care if it's by anyone you need to call the police or vice versa i don't give a crap you know so i think that we are in such a strange area where people don't know how to act because they're getting all these conflicted messages and i guess they just don't have the life experiences to recognize what's racist and what's not and i was like in a roundabout way white lady you, you just did something very racist 
Yeah. Be, but, with, but with the concept of not being racist, it's they're, they're your neighbor. Your neighbors are fighting and you can hear this woman begging for help. You need to get her help. Well, and that is the like freezing effect of this one word on a culture because I, I it is weird. I mean, th- just to kind of make a side point here, when the fireworks conspiracy theories were happening, right? right. You know, I was very sleep deprived and I I, I was very pro firework. I, I slept right through I began them. I began to look very heavily into these uh, conspiracy theories <laughs> and then <laughs> and I was maybe a little bit more interested in that I should have but one of the, the the main guy that put these theories out and I think he put them out in at least a like logical well-written way was uh this guy this author Robert Jones Jr. uh he goes by son of Baldwin on Twitter uh and he he was featured in New York Times in some of the like what are what are what is the deal with these fireworks conspiracy articles that New York Times was putting out and uh, it was funny because he himself is a gay black man. Right. And soon soon him and uh, a lot of people that were passing around those articles or around around this information about like what this possibly could be this this crazy amount of fireworks. Yeah. He himself was being called a Karen <laughs> because the right. idea was oh you're trying to get brown children in trouble like that was the presumed people who were firing off was like you're trying to get brown and uh, uh, people of and kids of color like in trouble right, because right, right. they're the ones setting up the fireworks and so this this gay black guy who was like hey this is a crazy amount of fireworks in my community was getting called a Karen uh, and then suddenly it, like it sort of stifled the discourse overall right so it became a binary of like you either fully support fireworks and you love destruction and you love like this unmitigated like hmm. uh, Travis you're sounding a bit like a Karen to me or you are a Karen who wants to get presumably uh, black teenagers in trouble and that's what and that's what social media relies on social media is reliant on binary choices right because that's the only way that you can get a mass amount of followers on one side a mass amount of likes a mass, mass amount of clicks is to be binary and that's I, how that works and I understand nuance, not wanting nuance to, is not a popular thing yeah on the and I understand not wanting to get kids in trouble for fireworks of course not oh, it was yeah. just like is that really the only two options we have here right. like it expl- instead of exploring the actual topic and you know the best thing that i saw anyone do with the fireworks thing is something that i wouldn't do because i'm a coward but that a lot of these people actually went out and talked to all of their neighbors and said hey what's the deal with these fireworks and right. that seemed to be that seemed to uh answer a lot of the questions that everyone had which was just like anecdotally this is all just sort of people right. who were uh cooped up and they wanted to shoot fireworks off but i am not a karen for for being sleep deprived very and very brave suspicious of, you. of the police very very brave of you do not karen act me i'm not karen acting you planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination then check out the language learning program rosetta stone on desktop or as an app rosetta stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning plus the true accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation don't put off learning that language there's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time listeners can get rosetta stone's lifetime membership for 50 percent off that's 50 percent off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life redeem your 50 percent off at rosettastone.com today so the ordinance is similar to a statewide a to statewide again we're talking about san francisco the karen act uh, this ordinance is similar to the statewide ab 1550 bill introduced by california assemblyman rob bonta 
And uh, of course, this makes it unlawful and accountable uh, for a caller to, quote, fabricate false racially biased emergency reports. Uh, Bonta tweeted, using 911 as a tool for your prejudice towards marginalized communities is unjust and wrong. I think that we all agree with that. Um, and we do have these stories, you know, a white employee, a hotel employee in North Carolina called the police on a guest, a black woman and her children. Obviously, we have Central Park, uh, the Central Park case that blew up. Uh, This is according to Bonta. He says this bill could protect millions of Californians from becoming targets of hate and prevent the weaponization of our law enforcement against communities of color. I also want to say this is a little bit of a scapegoat to police uh, when it comes to the excessive force. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times they can say, well, we were called upon. We had to. We had to treat this with a man serious. We were summoned. It's still up to them to make the right decision at the scene. It's still up to them to realize uh, what is the best way to go about dealing with the situation. The fact that we encourage escalation as opposed to Mm de-escalation is a massive problem. So it's still on the police. It's not, obviously, anyone who makes a false police report based on race, as we're seeing with the cameras now going everywhere, is should be completely criminally liable. But it's also up to the police when that does happen to look at the situation and to say, oh, that was a false report. Everything is fine here. It's not as if this gives a free pass for the cops to be like, well, we were called. We had to shoot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It seems like there is a little bit of scapegoating going on as well. So I just want to be cautious about these kinds of legislation that are predicated upon social media trends. Is that what's best for society? Is that not? We already have laws on the books when it comes to falsifying police reports. And this is something as a society we need to change. Not not and I'm not saying this because I'm against the legislation. I'm saying this because the legislation itself is not going to work. Yeah. That is not how societies change. Societies change from within. And as we've seen time and time again, social media movements aren't representative for the most part of actual society reality, of actual thoughts within society. Like if I see something going on on social media, I have my own opinion. I don't share it. Yeah. I just like, I'm like, I, I what do you call, I'm a lurker. You're a lurker. I think I'm a lurker. You're a lurker. And I'm like, okay, all y'all seem You've absolutely crazy. You've had some spicy crazy. opinions on Twitter. I've had some spicy opinions. Yeah. I mean, I stand by them, but it's like, I don't, I used to like Twitter more, but then it got, it, honestly, the reason that I don't like it is because I moved away from my hometown for a reason. Yeah. You know and what I've done the, on the hometown uh, just comes back with you. And I'm like, I wanted to be left alone from the more basic thinking people. Um, not that I don't like them. I just would. We've all been. People don't have a thirst for changing their minds. People have a thirst for solidifying their ideas. Yeah. And oftentimes those ideas are wrong to begin with. And then you have a snowball effect. And the amount of stupidity that comes out of that yeah. is quite uh, it, it'll knock down even the most stable of homes. Speaking of thirst, I mean, I've found the best way to use Twitter is just to post selfies with my uh, I know what you're doing with your man yeah, bun. With my man bun. And then just no opinions. No opinions. No opinions. 100% selfies. And one more piece of I guess potential legislation. Yeah. The CARES Act, Travis. So 
the supplementary bonus like employment unemployment thing you know where you get like six hundred dollars that's all about to expire right. in uh, on july 31st so and that was yeah, a, i guess we should frame up what the care the cares act is basically the package that the, the government uh, is giving to people who are out of work and uh, because of the pandemic and all yeah, that you and probably it, know the, that, the horror scape that we're in right yes. now uh you know that that uh was meant to be like all we needed but we, here right. we are going into the end of july and uh, this is really only beginning to start. This the is, rolling shutdowns are going to continue. Las Vegas is going back to phase one. So they are shutting down bars. And, <laughs> when can I go to a <laughs> casino? So when, d- God, when? But that was, remember, they were talking so much, they were talking so much spiciness uh, oh, a couple know. months ago where the mayor was like, look, we're Americans. We're going to do it how we want, when we want. Casino, sure. Vegas, baby. And now they are like so fucked that they have to go back to closing everything down Damn. and that's the way it's going to be you know Arizona has the most out has the most cases in the country right now and they were so so like adamant about <laughs> about coughing Aww. into each other's mouths with their staring into each other's eyes unblinkingly that's freedom travis but so like the cares act was supposed to be like a one shot injection in the arm and oh right. we'd be fine $1200 that should get you there for uh, multiple months for multiple months and now we're finding that this thing is not going away and it's because we were we messed up. We just as a country, first, we just need the vaccine. We messed up. But uh, so this six hundred dollar unemployment benefit is ending July thirty first. What okay. are we going to do about it? Well, question mark, question mark, question mark. There is no piece of legislation uh, because the Heroes Act presented by uh, Congress is going to is dead on arrival. It, it's too optimistic. The Senate, the the, the Republican controlled Senate is going to say of, no. A few poison pills in there. I don't understand why we can't just get one. I hate the way that we bundle. Yeah. I hate the way that we bundle. It's not supposed to be progressive insurance. I don't like the bundle plan. The way that we add so many things to a bill, that's what they constantly do. They constantly put in pieces of legislation that they know will not pass. Yeah. And it's all political. And I wish that we could just get one clean bill that just gives people a year long UBI. Not going to happen. So, here, so happen. here's what's going to happen, being, apparently. Yes. Uh, according to McConnell and some other people in the Senate, is that they are considering, and Trump is very much wants this to happen, they want to do another stimulus check. They want to do one more stimulus check for this entire catastrophe. And the, apparently Trump wants it to be so much bigger. He wants it to be... A, he, they're thinking, Trump does want it to be bigger. They're he thinking, wants to, they're <laughs> thinking, to be fair. They're, they're thinking 1,300. They're thinking 1,400. Uh, and uh, once that stimulus check goes out, that's it. Uh, they don't want to do any... They've capped this next bill. Whatever they do with this, it's going to be $1 trillion or less, which is way less than, the last, have. than the last uh, series of bills. When it comes to the PPP, as we're seeing, these massive multi-million dollar corporations who are just getting so much of it, yeah. including Yeezy, Kanye, he is proving to be a scam artist uh it is crazy how the money is just getting soaked up by the top and it's still not going to the people that need it i mean there needs to be i don't understand why we can't have like if you make x amount of dollars let's just say a million if you have a million bucks you get nothing you because you're fine that's how you that's why you have that much money so you can be fine when things go south you know the sick thing about all of those so those are uh the the companies that we know about uh, that were receiving money 
it, a lot of us said they shouldn't receive money. Kanye West's company, for example, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, you know, all those companies. Those oh, yeah. are those are publicly traded companies, and we were allowed to know what they received off the bat. Right. But as of last Thursday, we received uh, information about nonprofits and other organizations that ne- didn't necessarily have to disclose them immediate disclose the amounts they made immediately. But we did find out that uh, a number of organizations with like white nationalist ties got a bunch of money, got several million dollars. The Ayn Rand Foundation uh-huh. received millions of dollars. Hey. The, the Ayn Rand Foundation, Look who was that. like, do not, we don't want any government intervention yeah, on yeah. anything. Well, We're super go. libertarian. They're like, but we will take uh, several million dollars. Thank you so much. Oh my. Uh, but uh, going back to what we possibly could have. So the Senate goes on recess on like August 4th. So there's only a couple weeks for them to actually write and put forward a bill. Um, Hopefully they do that. Otherwise they won't be back until like September from their like little summer breaks. They have to have Uh, their fun at their Hamptons house. But so apparently this new stimulus check will be even more targeted to a certain uh, income level. So 75,000 was the cap for the last stimulus check, which is why you didn't get a stimulus check. Damn. Sorry, Ben. Um, okay, I'm fine. But this time, they are going to actually lower that to probably $40,000 a year. So okay. if you make more than $40,000 and you also happen to just like not be, a, you like lose your job, you're out of luck. If right. you make less than $40,000 and, and you need a stimulus check, there you go. But uh, ultimately, they are giving you less and less rope to hang yourself with. Well, that is as, because, of course, they want to force people uh, They're forcing people back to, to And actually, right. there's apparently talk of... They are. They might do like an inverse of the unemployment bonus thing, where they might tack on a couple hundred dollars to people who go back to work. So they're they're thinking of some kind of tax incentive or something like that for people who go back to work because they really just want people out of their homes and out in the fray at Disney World. Well, if you can be safe, social distance, wear your mask, stay sanitized. There, stay sanitized. There are we there are ways to do it. Oh, but we sure. can't live in a society that doesn't. The problem is you can't have it both ways. If you want people to go to back to work, then masks have to be mandatory. Then you have to take this very seriously. There needs to be sanitation stations everywhere. You can't have it where it's like you force back people back to work, but then you also say you don't have to do any of those well, things. Well, and also it make needs it to a be cultural battleground exactly. to wear a mask like Trump is doing. But uh, I mean, did you see that uh, Disney is back open? I did. Disney I did. is open, and they have a 30-second promo that is absolutely dystopian. All of the characters are out. They're welcoming you back. It's like the fucking uh, the Hotel in the Shining because uh, all, all of them are like you can only see their eyes and they're all wearing masks and they're saying they're beckoning you back in this sort of I love it as the as the country has only hit record highs of cases Disney is ready to welcome us back well, with arms we, wide open we, we can only go up from here uh, all right well their cares act we will continue to follow that and obviously we need to help out the people as much as possible Andrew Yang's idea of a UBI not sounding so laughable these days okay just one more big story and i'll get you some polling data here uh when it comes to education 
This is absolutely horrible. One million international students who choose to study in the United States each year have been told they must leave. This is according to Immigration Custom and and Enforcement Agency, of course, known as ICE. This is what they had to say. The U.S. Department of State will not issue visas to students enrolled in schools and or programs that are fully online for the fall semester, nor will U.S. Customs and Border Protections permit these students to enter the United States. This is what we call the brain drain, the brain drain of America. This is why we're falling behind on so many aspects of innovation, on so many aspects of infrastructure rebuilding. We need smart people in this country. They go on to say, they go on to say, active students currently in the United States enrolled in such programs must depart the country or take other measures such as transferring to a school with in-person instruction to remain in lawful status. If not, they may face immigration consequences, including but not limited to the initiation of removal proceedings. Uh, This is absolutely horrible. This is according to Josh Lin. He is a second-year law student at NYU, originally a dude from China. Um, This is what he says. He says, when I first saw the news, I was shocked. I can't believe he actually did this. Of course, uh, of course, the he in that sentence is Donald Trump. The directive issued by the Trump administration is the latest in a string of attacks against both immigrant and international students, as well as institutions of higher education. That is according to Regina Calcaterra, a New York based lawyer. So this is another example of the culture war. This war does have casualties. And in this case, casualties are people who are trying to get an education in the United States and theoretically help our country out in the future by being doctors, lawyers, business owners, families. These people are going to have higher paying jobs than the average person, which means they're going to pay higher taxes. These are people we need in this country. These are a million people we need in this country that are getting education. And the fact that they just said, if you're going to school online, you no longer qualify as a uh, with your, your student visa no longer qualifies is insane. They're still paying the same amount of money to these universities, which I think these universities need to drastically discount. They need to slash all the prices when it comes to the education, because the majority of education you get in college is the act of going to college. It's yeah. the act of interacting with people. It's kind of like a folks. networking party. It's in a, a networking way. <laughs> party. It's like, oh my God, you get to meet your first whatever. You get to meet people of all different backgrounds. You get to meet people that are different than you. You get to celebrate diversity. You get to, d- to celebrate uh, sameness as well. You realize you have so many similarities with people that are that are maybe perceived as different to begin with. You might make friends that one day you all accidentally kill a drifter. Maybe you kill a and drifter And then he together. comes back to haunt you the following summer. And you know, he knows what you did last summer. Of course he always will. So this, by the Trump administration, is absolutely, incredibly damaging to this country. And that is why this culture war, which was once just a talking head uh, sort of spin talking head point that Rush Limbaugh and Hannity would bring up, now it is coming from within the house we are in this actively case, going it's to make, coming from within the white house we are actively going to make this country dumber you know actively we, no one, this is idiocracy this is how it begins you know, we don't have a 
manufacturing base or anything like that. The no. thing that we do have is that we have schools that people will travel to this country from around the world to attend. And those people tend to stay in the country after they graduate. And now we're saying bye-bye. 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 So that is uh, that must change. And that is why uh, we have to get uh, Donald Trump out of office. So just lastly here, let's look at some polling data. So these are a few swing states. Uh, these are all coming in from July. Okay, so this is uh, in Wisconsin. And again, these, you know, this these are not, this is not to say that this election will not be extremely close. It's going to be scarily close. It's going to be scarily <laughs> close. So edge of your seat stuff. In Wisconsin, of course, the state that went to Donald Trump, extremely unique situation. Wisconsin was part of the blue wall. No one thought that Wisconsin was going to go Trump, but they did. Biden is up, according to change research, Biden is up 51% to 43%. That 51, whenever you see something over the 50% threshold, that is huge. So Wisconsin, 51 to 43 for Biden. Michigan, a little bit tighter. This is according to the public policy polling. Um, And okay, so this is according to, we have two polls out of Michigan. One is change research, which puts Biden at 48%, Trump 43%. And the public policy polling, they put Biden at 50% to Trump 44. So we're seeing Trump still around this 43-44 margin, which is what he was at all of 2016. And again, you do not have to get over 50%. Bill Clinton never did. You do not have to get over 50% to become president of the United States. So don't think, oh, he's at 43. There's no way it can happen. He could theoretically win at 43%. Um, So he Biden is looking better in Michigan. Then we have Pennsylvania, and this is of the aforementioned Trafalgar group. Trafalgar. Trafalgar group. Biden is at 48. Trump, you're going to get used to this number, at 43% in Pennsylvania. And in Ohio, this is according to Quinnipiac. Got to love the old Quinnipiac poll. Uh, 46, Biden, 45, Donald Trump. Extremely close in the vital state of Ohio and in another vital state that is Florida, the Trafalgar group, uh, it's 46 to 46. Um, So that is extremely about as close as you can get. Uh, There's another poll out of there, out of Florida, change research again, putting Biden at 50. You'll notice when it comes to the change research polls, uh, they tend to skew higher for Biden. That is probably a verbiage thing. Um, so do not think that that is a guarantee by any stretch of the imagination. But if you thought, again, that this election is going to be you're going to if you're just looking at how destroyed this country is and think there's no way Trump can win. Think again. This is a vital, vital election to get out and vote in um, because all of that polling data proves. And this is it doesn't get any. Also, it doesn't get any worse than this. Right. So let's say the economy does uptick ever slightly before November or like this is as bad as it's going to get. I mean, even though I mean, we're going to start seeing the now the the pandemic has been normalized. Right. So when we see the next round of phase one going back to phase phase, we're at phase three going back to phase one. It's not going to have the same stinging effect. And that is why I predict there is going to be some bombshell that the Democrats are holding on to that is going to attempt to knock Trump out very 
close to the election. Maybe it is the Russia situation. I mean, the the story. You think they have some big I th- thing? I think that there is some Epstein thing. That would be amazing. Because I, yeah, a be- lot of people are saying, well, if they would have something on Trump, a lot of this is right wing media. Okay. Uh, they're saying, well, if they had something on Trump, they would have said it by now. And as we have seen with the now forgotten about impeachment. Right. As we have seen with the forgotten about Russia gate that the media, which is why no one trusts the media, even when it comes to coronavirus, because they talked about the, the Russia investigation for two years ad nauseum, like that was going to get him out of office. And it actually upped his poll numbers. So thank you, media. Uh, when it comes to so many, the, the amount of political, Stormy Daniels, yeah. uh, Paul Manafort, the amount of political scandal is insane. I think there is a big bombshell coming with Epstein and Trump that is going to hit early November when Americans can still remember it because okay. our memories are about as, 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 as sharp as a goldfish. And I think that's what the Democrats have in their pocket. But nothing, nothing like that will stick to Trump. Why not? Nobody think, cares about. I mean, because, like, no, that his, will. His that base will. If you, if you will can, not care. If you have, Ghislaine Maxwell has videos. If there is a video if of Donald Trump having sex with an underage girl, <laughs> I mean, yes, it's possible. I, he's, the entire if, house if he turns is out white. to be a Jemke uh, McDirt. Right? Yes, I, I, I don't know. I. That's my prediction. A video of Trump. Ghislaine Maxwell has all the videos. I think that's why they waited a year to get her. I think that this is why. Um, she is there. She's going to get a plea deal. Um, if there is not a an actual video of Trump's like humping ass, butt, yeah, yeah, I think it's very possible. And I think it's very possible. If it, if it is not that, it will. It only it, it it slides off him like uh water on a goose's. I think ass. it's very possible that it does. Again, Joe Biden has not been implicated at all with the Epstein stuff. I do think he kept his hands clean. And that, again, is the difference between Biden and Hillary. Like, if Hillary was running again, it would be like, yeah, Bill Clinton should probably be in prison, by the way. Yes. Um, but uh, if Hillary was running, okay, it's null, because they're both scumbags. Yeah. But here, you actually have a situation where there's not going to be four women that accuse Joe Biden of rape sitting in the front row if they do debate. Only one. There's, well, yeah, only one. That's true. <laughs> um, but it's not going to, it's not going to be like, well, they're both so evil. Biden will come out, come across as a better person. He does come across as a better person than Trump. And I predict there is some big ass Epstein bombshell with Bill, with, uh, with Donald Trump. Hey, maybe it's he and Bill tag team and some poor, poor, uh, innocent victim. Maybe it's, I mean, who knows? But I, that's what, that's what I'm, but you know that's the, what I'm thinking. The, this, ele- this election has some bombshells coming. I, I, I can't imagine what kind of bomb could surprise me at this point, but, uh, you know, the, the, there is like this thought that Trump was so close to these people because he was like a pedophile hunter. But all hunter. Of that stuff is going to so be he's, gone. He's going to be like, yeah, I was having sex with the girl so I could be like deep undercover. Like deep he, undercover. Well, that is the type of absolute insanity that these people, the base of Trump, will believe. If there it, is it, physical evidence of Donald Trump being a pedophile, I don't, he will lose. I don't know. I really. I, I mean, I am. I'm not trying to be like a. No, I mean, I think you're. I think you're being rational. I'm like, actually, I don't I, actually think that could take him down. I technically, honestly. you're being rational and I'm being optimistic. <laughs> um, but I do believe if Donald Trump is a proven pedophile, he will lose the election. And if not, I then really, our country deserves exactly what it gets. And I say that with a broken heart. I really hope that a guy with a video of him raping Glenn a child Maxwell has all of them. She has all of them. I would hope that I would hope that that brings justice to this yes to this country in november donald trump will be in cuffs 
He will be. I swear to God. I know. Do you it. really think Trump will be arrested? I do. I do. I, I think I, when all of this is said and done, I'm just Ghislaine shattered Ma- inside. Ghislaine Maxwell has. She has everything. She's going to get ten years, and she is going to spill the beans on everybody. You think that the the cooperation is what will I think set her free? Yep. I absolutely do. They and they tend to that is one of the biased parts of the criminal justice system. They tend to flip uh, you know, a lot of the females and Glenn Maxwell herself actually actively raped women if you if you listen to uh, Miss Joffrey's story. There's a great Australian sixty minutes, as a matter of fact, on YouTube on Glenn Maxwell and she was she was just as gross as Jeffrey oh, yeah, Epstein. Absolutely. I mean she she was groping and raping and uh, she's nasty. But that is again, those polls are uh they're not comforting those polls should be kind of alarming this is a very tight election and uh i i know there's going to be a bombshell coming though without a doubt i really look i mean either way something bad is something crazy is going to happen oh, and, and yeah. it's not going to be pretty no it's going to be ugly um but all right everyone uh, I guess we'll leave you with that. Yeah, that's a cliffhanger for next week. Just I suppose. Think about well, what that could possibly what look could, like. Who knows what Galen has, man? One of the most horrifying images that you could possibly imagine oh, God. is being held in some kind of. I like, mean, also we have the situation where Russia was actively trying to kill U.S. troops, and and Trump didn't do anything. So that should be enough. He's a treasonous man. I believe he should be locked really, up. We really glided over that, honestly. Like the whole country just sort of. Oh, eh, well, Republicans were mad for a second and then like everyone forgot about it and then Democrats were mad and then everyone forgot about it. And then, yep, I guess the Trump, the, the Trump administration yeah, Lin- decided Lindsey Graham Russians. was like, damn, that's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> Lindsey Graham is a apps. If Lindsey Graham is a bitch. Damn, that's so that's wild. Anyway, let's go. Let's move on to uh, Lindsey Graham is such a disappointing bitch. What he has done to the memory of John McCain. And John McCain, some policies I like, somebody who's far too hawkish for me. But as a person, I believe he was principled, and I like that. What Lindsey Graham has done to honor his friend, he's such a freaking bitch. I hate Lindsey Graham. Yeah, he's Reek from he's, Game of Thrones. He's so freaking, I don't know who that is, but he's a weak-ass bitch. He's somebody who was broken, broken and, and served uh, his master. Yes, that's that's <laughs> exactly right. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, we got merch. You know, go to Last Podcast merch. Get your get your t shirts here. Oh yeah, I yeah. love that Andy Org design. That that Andy's uh, great. Andy's what a what a cool puking Lincoln. Uh, accurate, accurate, accurate. Um, all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Never forget. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Yeah.